0: This is the Best of Daily Devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believers City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information, go to Believerstogether.com. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 today, beginning
1: in verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1. Now we know that Paul the Apostle was certainly a brilliant scholar. He could absolutely have overwhelmed his listeners with intellectual arguments and persuasive oratory. But you know, here now, he seems to be deciding to share only the simple message of Jesus Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to guide those words. In sharing the gospel with others, we too should follow Paul's example. We should keep our message simple with the basic uh, issues, the basic subject. The Holy Spirit will give us power to our words. The Holy Spirit will allow us to use them to bring glory to Jesus. Now, Paul's confidence certainly was not in his keen intellect, and it wasn't in his speaking ability. It was in his knowledge that the Holy Spirit was indeed helping him and guiding him. Now, Paul isn't writing off the importance of study. He isn't writing off the importance of preparation for preaching. After all, he had a thorough education in the scriptures, but effective preaching must combine studious preparation with the absolute work of the holy spirit chapter 2 beginning in verse 1 we read when i came to you brothers i didn't come with excellence of speech or wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of god for i determined not to know anything among you except jesus christ and him crucified now what paul came to the dance expounding here on in chapter 1 was not so much through scriptural direction as it was something he found to be true experientially. When he had come to Corinth, he came following a failed ministry endeavor in a place that we know of as Mars Hill. Act 17 details Paul's attempts to discuss the philosophical attributes of the faith with the intellectuals who daily made the trek there. And it was, by nearly any measure, an absolute failure. Paul apparently learned something for himself from that venture, and seemingly, again, made the commitment to never do that uh, again. Coming off of that failed mission, he came to Corinth now with a new determination to stand strong on the simple gospel, simply Jesus Christ and the cross. Now, this time he wasn't going to the intelligentsia here in Corinth. He wasn't going to the rich and the famous, no, he was going to take the cross of Christ to the simple yet lost souls of pagan Corinth. So with Christ beside him, it was not Satan who concerned him, but actually the hearts of prideful men. This time he was, quote, determined not to know anything among them except Jesus Christ and him crucified, end quote. You know, today we have so many churches and pastors that are seeking to entertain and to console and philosophize and register voters. Indeed, the cross today so often seems so very far away. But not just his cross, but our share in that cross as well. His death, well, seems forgotten, along with our death to this world. The cross and all that it means has been pushed aside for the positive, feel-good gospel of our day. Verse 3 says, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not in persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith wouldn't stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul wasn't merely preaching an ideal here, he was instructing both experientially and practically with his life. Paul was practicing what he preached. For all that he had been telling them about, the simplicity and the humility, it was being carried out in his own ministry. His faith, and ours, is not to be found in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul writes the entirety of this letter, including this chapter, not to the outside world, but to those who are, at least physically, in the family of God. And that's important as we take on this letter. Yet the church in Corinth, like many today, was plagued with carnal attributes. As we get into it, you're going to find that there was strife and divisions and, man, a whole host of fleshly manifestation. There was conflict and spiritual defeat. There was worldliness. There was fruitlessness. Now, so many people wonder why, like in the Corinth church, so little of God's life is produced in us and so much of us remains. Romans 8, 9 may provide a clue. We read there, but if any man doesn't have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So bear in mind, that God calls us to bring forth fruit, permanent fruit, fruit that lasts. John fifteen sixteen says, You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever will ask of the Father in my name he may give you. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? But how do we do that? Paul now goes on to speak of a surrender to God, which is on a level where I guess most fear to tread. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice.
0: That was a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information on Pastor Tim Dodson or Believer City Church, visit believerstogether.com.